on grace, faith, and Christ alone, please welcome Tim. Nothing really happened on July 4th, 1776. You know that, right? It wasn't the day when the colonies declared their independence. That happened on July 2nd, 1776. Neither was it the day when John Hancock so famously affixed his signature to that same document. That was on August 2nd, 1776. It wasn't the day when London heard the news. It wasn't the day when the colonies declared war. Nothing really of historical value happened on July 4th, 1776. You know what did happen? Some people got together and they edited. They made some grammatical changes to the Declaration of Independence. And as if as an afterthought, they affixed in the upper right-hand corner the date July 4th, 1776. That's it. That's all that happened. And yet, every single year, we celebrate on that day. We can say this, we're not celebrating a date. We're also not celebrating the events of that date, but we are celebrating an idea. An idea that came into its final form, we are celebrating our freedom. October 31st, 1517 is like that. Nothing really happened on that date of historical interest. We've taken to dramatizing the whole event. Luther's all often pictured like this, with a fierce look of determination, a crowd on his back, a hammer in his hand, pounding the 95 theses with nails into that castle church door. But I've got to tell you this, it didn't happen that way. This is what did happen. Oh, so quietly, Martin Luther posted with wax a very long and academic document that is popularly known as the 95 Theses. That's it. That's all that happened. Now, can we put this in a little bit of perspective for a second? Dr. Martin Luther, no-name scholar, of a no-name university in an obscure town, wanted to debate an even more obscure issue about ecclesiastical rights. And so he posted in Latin in the middle of a German-speaking country. I have posted in English in the middle of New York City, and I can tell you this, I promise you, Reformation was not the result. We're not here 500 years later celebrating a date. We're not here even celebrating the events of that date. We are here celebrating an idea. An idea that turned the world upside down. Now, secular scholars have made much of this one big idea from Luther's pen. They will say it is this idea that caused not only ecclesiastical reformation, but also political revolt. 
They will say it is this one big reforming idea that inspired the arts, even Bach himself. They will say it is this one big reforming idea that brought about public schools, not just for little boys, but also for little girls. But if these are the only contributions that this one big idea made, then we've totally missed the point. Because what Luther was after was one thing and one thing alone. God's peace through Christ for millions and millions of hearts and lives. And so, he posted. Are you ready to know what that one big reforming idea is? I'll let Luther tell you. Here's what he wrote in the first and foremost of his theses. He said this. Repentance. That's the idea. That's, that's it. The idea that repentance is every day. The idea that repentance is like breakfast. The idea that, that repentance is like oatmeal. You'd rather eat Fruit Loops for breakfast. They're more attractive and they taste better. But what you really need to power your day, what you really need for health, for your body, are those daily steel oats. That's what Luther was talking about in the 95 Theses. Actually, in all of them, because scholars have translated this document, they've analyzed it and they've come to the same conclusion. All 95 Theses were about the same one big idea. What we're going to call oatmeal-like repentance. Here's how it works. Oatmeal-like repentance has two parts. In the first part, repentance calls or contrition. In other, in other words, each one of you is asked to stand in the presence of God and ask two questions. Have I loved God with my whole heart, with every moment, with every fiber of my being, and have I loved my neighbor as myself? Those of you who are strong enough, those of you who do not deceive yourselves, will come to know a kind of sadness even terror at the punishment that you rightly deserve. This is what we call contrition. In the second part, repentance calls for faith, and not just any kind of faith, like faith in yourself, or faith in an institution, or faith in some sort of God, but it calls for faith in Jesus Christ alone, the only Savior that the world has ever known, the Lamb of God who died and rose again. This is oatmeal-like repentance. It calls for bold honesty in the presence of God. And it calls for certain confidence in the blood and merit of Jesus Christ. This is oatmeal-like repentance. So different, right, than Fruit Loop-like repentance. And this is the part of the story that everybody knows. The Roman system had devolved into three-part repentance. One, contrition. Two, confession. 
and three, penance. And penance was the most pro problematic part, right? The church had even imposed a system of canons on those sinners, and some of those canons required years and years of penance. And there was one way, there was one way only around this system of repentance, and it wasn't Christ. It was the indulgence. You could pay the church if you were poor, a little bit of money. There's a sliding scale. If you were rich, even more money. And you could skip repentance altogether. Right? You could move from everyday oatmeal-like repentance to a one-time cheap and easy repentance called Fruit Loop-like repentance. And Luther saw it and he could not stand by and watch it happen, and so he posted. And the only question for yourselves today is this, will you stand by and watch it happen? I actually thought it was a joke about 497 years after the Reformation. This came up in my Facebook feed. Twitter might get you into heaven a little faster, Vatican reveals. And I thought, oh, this, this can't be real. This must be like the Babylon Bee. You know the Babylon Bee? The Christian version of the onion that makes fun of the foibles of Christians of every denomination. So I clicked on it, and I found out that this was from ABC. Com. The Pope was again offering an indulgence via Twitter, among other things. You know, it's kind of scary, but you know what's even more scary? There is someone out there who is giving even more indulgences than Rome. You know who that is? It's you. To yourself. We've come to believe the message indulge yourself. That's why we eat ice cream instead of salad. It's why when we get angry, we indulge it. We let them have it. And it's why we even indulge our basest desires, even staring at computer screens. And in the process, we slay our neighbor with our words. We abuse women and we rack up a bill with God that we could never hope to pay. Here's my point. It's time to repost. If you think I'm talking about posting on social media, on Twitter or Facebook, and that's what you go home thinking, then you've truly missed the point because before Luther ever posted on those castle church doors, he posted on the doors of his own heart. Here's what I'm suggesting. Post oatmeal-like repentance on the doors of your own heart. Plant the cross of Christ there and his empty tomb that you might see and that faith might rise up and believe and you will know a peace that surpasses all understanding. This is what Luther was after. 
something spiritual. 500 years later now, right? Oatmeal-like repentance is as relevant now as it was then. You won't change the world like Luther did, but you will change your day every day. Thank you.